This is the audit room on Clubhouse. We are live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago time. I am your co-host and moderator, Trent Russell, founder of Green Skies Analytics. If you have questions about data analytics within internal audit, shoot me a message and we'll get it figured out. Typically, I'm joined by my co-host, Tracy Marquart. However, she is presenting at the IIA All-Star Conference in Las Vegas. And so she's not going to be able to make it with us today. But we do have Mr. Philip Lillies uh, with us today to talk culture analytics. I know I've uh, seen uh, demo a couple times now. Very interesting stuff. Um, Phil, I'll, I'll tee you up here real quick. Um, Phil was a former auditor, a retired auditor with the uh, Canadian, sorry, I had a phone call coming in. Uh, with the government of, Can of Canada and has been kind of a, a stats and math nerd, if I can say that, Phil, uh, for a while. And he has written a program in Python. Uh, so for those that don't know, Python is, you can think of it as a, a data analytics tool of sorts uh, that does significantly more. I think I'm doing a disservice by calling it a tool, but um, has written a, a Python program where you can effectively do culture analytics. And there's it's, it's not just a, okay, you run the data through and you get some kind of answer that's going to fix your culture problem, but it definitely can point you in the right direction and see some things that you you might not have seen. So, Phil, I'll, I'll throw it to you real quick. Is there anything that I missed there you want to kind of fill the gaps in? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, thanks, Trent. Uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, Python, I don't think you could really call it a tool. It's a full programming language, uh, you know, a, so uh, you can do just about anything with it. You can, you know, invent uh, uh, computer uh, screens, or video screens. You can uh, run servers. You can, I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it's a real uh, tool, and it has a lot of built-in statistical functions. And and uh, you know, and it also allows you to uh, use some of the functions that are there in unique and novel ways, and and uh, that is what. I have done uh, so, um, and uh, you know, because of my background in statistics, mathematics, and auditing and whatnot, I've been able to take advantage of of Python in that way. And Python is a great program for anyone who wants to start learning programming. And I think the next generation of auditors are definitely going to have to get into that uh, realm, and because you can you can literally jump right into it from day one. There's lots of information online. And uh, you, you know you'll you'll quickly be able to come up with some applications, even if it's just reading Excel files and getting them into uh, uh, you know some format that's easier to analyze. So yeah, so that's that's uh, my background and, and how I got into Python and uh, and uh, you know uh, and now that I'm retired, I have a little time to do those kinds of things, and I'm I'm trying to I guess contribute to the next generation. I appreciate that, Phil. Uh, let's like get to the topic at hand then. Why is cultural audit <clears throat> so important and how does your program, how is it used within a culture audit? Well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a, a good place to start for sure. And many organizations just never perform cultural audits, uh, yeah, but it is a, a new thing that I, I've noticed that even in the IIA journals over the past couple of uh, years, they've been featuring maybe every other month uh, an article on uh, cultural auditing. So it is coming into its own. 
but over you know in the past you know basically cultural audits didn't seem necessary uh, unless there were some external conditions that might you know lead to some indication that the culture wasn't up to it if you think right now for example there has been a large this pandemic has has created really yeah, different external conditions with the with the uh, you know people now have the taste of rem working remotely and they've had a chance to think about do I really want to be doing this for the rest of my life so suddenly they companies are becoming aware that hey if my culture isn't up to it if, if it's not making employees satisfied and whatnot then maybe I'll have a hard time keeping them or hiring them so uh, in that sense uh, in cultural auditing maybe it's, it's it's coming into its own for that very reason uh, and um, of course in the past sometimes culture might just be obviously dysfunctional and then there'd be a cultural audit but generally speaking what has been done in the past is we get these these overall analysis of course when you do a, a public service or a, uh, we in Canada do a public service employee survey um, every every year. If you do a, an employee survey like that every year, you, you'll get an, an overall result back and um, you'll look at it and you go, well, it looks like most of our goals are being met. There's a few trends in the wrong direction here. We'll try and tweak those and um, we'll you know talk to our employees a bit, let them know we're doing something and then we'll carry on. And now it's important, of course, to get that overall analysis. I'm not degrading it. It's if you're running a business, you have to know how generally how it's working. Um, but but it, the real interesting uh, portions are what you really need to be looking at if you wanna uh, reach that next level of, of uh, achievement is to find out where the variations are in, in uh, you know, if you have, for example, we can take a, an example of a factory, you, you, you've got maybe two assembly lines, you're making automobiles and the, the two assembly lines are slightly different and one of them is churning out cars a little more quickly than the other. Well, uh, you can say, well, okay, that's two different lines, what do you want? But that's not the way you uh, move to the next level. You look at what's going on inside those two lines and, and you understand why one line is going slower than the other. Maybe it's something you can borrow from one or the other, change something to make them both more efficient. That's just a basic quality control type of improvement. And that's what, what this looking at cultural uh, variability is so very important. So, um, it, of course, now culture, again, is, is the ultimate soft control. And, you know, um, soft controls are proactive. You set it up and you, you hope it's running. But, uh, it, you know, you want to make sure it's running. You, you don't want to wait until something breaks down and you say, oh my gosh, it's, that's soft control. I guess it's not really working. We've got a real problem with, with our, our culture. Um, folks aren't uh, feeling encouraged to, you know, to, to perform their job correctly. You don't want to wait till uh, a full year or two till you notice that, oh dear, we're not meeting our financial goals. And, and instead you want to, have a, a, a proactive approach and find out why employees are not satisfied and not engaged before it becomes a really big issue. So that's why I'm, I hope I'm answering, staying on topic here. That's, that's why cultural auditing, I, I would say, was important and, and coming into its own as well. No, I think that's perfect. I think a question I would have when I think about culture, it's very abstract. And so it, I'm curious what the kind of the output of the program is. So we have this, we have these survey results, these employee satisfaction survey results, if I can uh, say it like that and maybe keep it 
at a, at a, a basic level. We take those results, we pump them through the program that you've built, and then what's the output? Yeah, well, uh, in fact, uh, my program uh, bases its output on themes. So the, you know, a theme would be something like, okay, is discrimination, discrimination, engage, employee engagement, uh, is it an ethical workplace? These would be the kind of themes and a well-designed program would have those themes built into it or a well-designed survey, I should say, we would have those themes built into it. So my program actually <clears throat> Um, takes those themes and uh, ranks them by opportunities for improvement. That's what my program looks for. It looks for opportunities for improvement. So it's not just giving you a score here. It's actually giving you, okay, this is an area you should be looking at. Maybe there's an opportunity for improvement here. So it will actually list the questions in a theme that indicate uh, opportunities for improvement. Um, so, um, you know, if it looks like... Uh, Career development is a problem that, you know, you might have a, a theme, a question in there about training. Well, it'll, it'll hide that question. That question has come up as employees are not happy with the training they're getting. And you'll be able to see then that there's an opportunity for improvement there. But it not only does it, it, uh, it find these uh, opportunities for improvement, um, it also does a second pass where it'll, it'll look in the theme. Okay, let's suppose this is career training is a problem. You know, the question on career training is coming in with uh, some dissatisfied groups. And then I do an, uh, another pass. My program actually does another pass where it finds associations between that question about career training and, uh, you know, the, the other areas or the other questions that an employee might be dissatisfied with. Uh, for example, it might be in Canada, we have this problem, everything has to be bilingual. So career training might be a problem because the uh, employee is French speaking and the training's only available in English. So we have a language question in all of our surveys that would highlight that. And then you go, oh, I see where <laughs> we've got to find a way to get that uh, training available in French. So there's there's not only finding the, the problem area within the theme, but also suggesting what are the causes and of course, also the consequences, you know, the employees are not trained, therefore they, they can't uh, do their job properly, and that would come out as a, a consequence uh, question. Um, so, um, yeah, um, that's, that's the kind of output you get. And, of course, it also finds the uh, employee groups that are most affected by a, a theme. So it not only finds the questions that are causing problems, it'll also say, also, my program very cleverly looks for what, if there's a problem area, somebody's not being trained, it'll say, well, the clerks are not being trained. So you don't have to uh, come up with a program for training everybody in your organization. It'll allow you to focus in on the clerks and, and you know, maybe they need some training and some new technology and whatnot. It'll actually highlight that that's the, those are the people that, the people that need the training. So uh, it does a, a quite a, a comprehensive approach that allows you to be efficient and effective uh, when you're setting up your audit program. Now, I, I have to emphasize that as well, that, that you, you'll want to use this uh, not as auditors. We don't want to have the answer. We want to be able to have an indication of where we need to look for the answer. So that's what my program does. You'll be able to, when you're setting up your, your cultural audit, your work plan and whatnot, you'll, you'll come up with interviews, you'll look at the documents, you'll look at the processes, and you really understand what the cause of that lack of training is, but 
but my program will highlight it and will also tell you this is where you need to look. I think the uh, use cases, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the use cases are always really interesting. What other uh, kind of insights can we glean from from a maybe a, a typical result or what have you seen for some of the other organizations where you've run their, um, their data through and what were the insights that you saw? <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting. You know that I... Um, you know, employee engagement is so important and every quality employee survey will have a section on employee engagement. And, uh, you know, there, it turns out that, and if you look at these, these um, surveys, they'll all have the same kind of three questions. And then there, there's literature that says, this is what you have to ask, that if you want to find out whether employees are engaged, and the three questions are, are you satisfied with your job? Are you satisfied with your organization? And would you recommend your organization as a good place to work? So uh, there's three simple questions. Um, and so, of course, um, uh, you know, you you uh, you'll want to see. Uh, okay, we I, I've run this on the government of Canada. Uh, data they have a huge database it's an open portal it's not you know it's not because i'm a government employee that i could have ever seen it it's all there and so um for they've got it since 2005 i believe so there's there's uh, at least uh, 10 years worth of data there and um so when i ran it on uh, that data it turned out that you know there were various reasons for you know there there were of course uh employees that were uh dissatisfied they had lack of engagement i found there were three um three really uh, indications three three causes of why they might have this lack of engagement one was business processes they, they couldn't stand all the, the levels of signature that they had to go to get anything done one was compensation and another was change management they you know the things were just thrown at them we're going to introduce new technology we need a bigger uh we're going to do a reorg and if it wasn't properly sold to them or explained to them. So when you look at the overall government of Canada, you find that there, and these wouldn't all affect the same group. Remember when some groups were, would be complaining, um, well, groups, I would say agencies, because we're talking about um, the whole of government. So some agencies were having more problem with business processes, some were having more problem with compensation, uh, some with change management. So again, you, you can now go and say, oh, oh we don't have to fix business process for the entire government. We just have to go to these agencies that are having this uh, problem that's affecting their um, engagement of employees. But you can even go down one step further than that because now you can say, well, maybe not every employee in a particular um, uh, agency is having uh, trouble with uh, business processes. And you, so you can actually go down to the next level and run my program just on one agency, and then you'll find that maybe there's even different causes. For example, when I ran it on a few agencies, I found that career development came up as well as the three global problems as well. So that, that I think this, uh, I thought I'd, I'd use that. And I, I thought about what examples in case you wanted one. I thought it was, it was comprehensive because it shows how my program can go down various levels and can pick up different insights on a very important issue. I know one of the things when you ran it through <clears throat> uh, U.S. surveys like that, <clears throat> sorry, United States, the government surveys, what I thought was really interesting, you were talking about the grouping, and I think there was a overall satisfaction by group and 
by group, I think it, like you're saying, it's more appropriate maybe to say agency. And the, something I thought was interesting was the more scientific the agency, so something like NASA, the better the yeah. culture was, <laughs> the more political in yeah. nature, um, the, the worse the culture was. And I, I just thought that was, was fascinating. Is that what you're seeing uh, within the Canadian government surveys that you're looking at also? Uh, actually, no, it, it, the uh, scientific uh, groups, if you will, are kind of in the middle. Um, the, the really, I can tell you what, the really problem groups are the, um, I guess the, what would, I don't know what you already said, enforcement groups mm -hmm. uh, and the foreign service. And uh, for some reason, they always come up. Uh, and it's, um, those are the really, uh, you know, like prison guards and, you know, police and army and, and foreign service would be somebody gets sent to some strange country and they're kind of isolated. So the, they have, you know, obviously not quite the same problems between those two groups, but they tend to be highlighted as the worst uh, issues. The kinds of groups that are really happy in Canada, um, they work for the central government. Um, the, the Senate, we have, you know, our Senate is quite a bit different from your Senate, by the way. We have an appointed Senate, but you know, it's kind of a relaxed atmosphere there, I guess. Um, the other uh, groups that are quite happy in Canada are the economic development groups, uh, the ones that give out uh, grants and contributions, as they call them. Those those uh, agencies tend to be very happy. And it's, it's um, um, yeah, it's, it's the ones in the middle of the road ones are the, the more scientific ones, usually. Uh, so it's a little bit different from the US. It probably differs from country to country. And I think based on what I know about American politics, I think um, politics gets a lot more involved in the civil service than in Canada. Canada, the civil service is pretty much isolated from politics. Gotcha. So you get a different different culture altogether. Yeah, I think if nothing else, those results would be interesting within an organization of this group is has a good culture versus this one that doesn't and almost seeing, is it based on the type of work that's being done or is it maybe a, a poor management hire or something to that effect? So I, there's just, I don't know, there's a ton of cool stuff, yeah. Phil, that, that you're or doing. external conditions can have, that's what we're talking about between U.S. and Canada, I think, the, 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 the way the civil service is structured. Right, right. So what about the, the survey itself? Um, I know a lot of times I think people can look at <clears throat> data analytics and go, okay, I'll just get my data. There's this program, I'll pump it through, or an algorithm, I'll pump it through and everything will be great on the other end. But it's that kind of cleaning of the data on the front end and, and the typical garbage in, garbage out um, quote that would be used there. So what what would we need in terms of the data being fed in uh, from those, those survey results? What would that need to look like? What should we consider? Um, things of that nature. Well, well, the the interesting thing is that um, my program is pretty. You know, you mentioned that garbage in, garbage out. So I'm, uh, uh, yeah, uh, my program is uh, ready for that, if you will. Uh, I know that um, for you know for real statistical functions, you know, if somebody doesn't answer a question, uh, you know, it, it it really throws it off because it, now you can't correlate 
two averages the same. So it doesn't uh, it doesn't work. The trends don't work. So, but my program because it's not a rigorous statistical function, it's a Gini function, uh, and it looks at the the aggregate averages uh, instead of you know for the groups, the aggregate average for a group, rather than looking at individual values. It it's much more robust than that, and uh, I built in filters that can can uh, accommodate, you know, if somebody doesn't answer, it doesn't matter, it still gets the average for the group. Um, so so uh, that's one thing that I, I just thought I'd comment there, because you're saying garbage in, garbage out. If garbage in can really make a, a real statistical function crash. It doesn't make my program crash. Um, but the other thing that, that when you're designing these, you know, uh, we weren't, it's not just, okay, well, give us whatever. We, it, it does make, uh, require some thought. And um, the main thing you have to keep in mind is that, and this is the way my program is oriented, is that culture is a product of groups. So, uh, you know, if you're using a Pearson analysis, they want to really have the individual responses so they can just, you know, get the trend, really lots of data. Uh, but uh, that's not what my program looks at. It's looking at the, the culture of groups. So it looks at group data. So it takes the average for a, a group, which has to be identified, by the way, by the employer in some way. Uh, typically, uh, a classification of job classification would be a considered, you know, a fairly, that's kind of a cultural group. Usually they talk to each other and whatnot, and they're managed the same way. Um, you know, if, if you have, uh, uh, you know, um, some ethnic group, uh, indigenous or black or whatnot, then that these people might also be uh, safely considered a, a cultural group. So uh, the, the one thing that you have to have is you've got to decide what groups, how you want to break up the organization into groups and they have to be mutually exclusive groups, otherwise you'll get double counting. So you, if, let's suppose you wanted to look at the indigenous, and that's a real issue in Canada, by the way, uh, indigenous groups, um, and you also wanted to look at uh, developers or programmers, okay? And there, of course, they, there'd be some intermixing. Some of the indigenous folks would also be uh, programmers. Um, you couldn't you run uh, the program uh, all at once and get all of those groups, you'd have to say, okay, I'm going to do one run on programmers and a separate run on um, cultural, you know, uh, ethnic cultures and whatnot. Um, so uh, that's the main, those, those are the main things. You've got to decide what groups you want to look at and they've got to be mutually exclusive groups. Now, the other thing that's important, and I've already mentioned this, is that you've got to decide what your themes are and the themes are used um, to look for where there are opportunities for improvement. They're look at and my program actually uh, dumps a summary of results in an Excel format and it uses the themes to do that. So it, it wouldn't function correctly the way I've got it set up uh, without some themes. But the themes are something if you don't actually have them built into your program or really uh, into your uh, survey, really you should. There, I actually can add them in. I have, it reads an Excel spreadsheet. My program reads an Excel spreadsheet for the theme. So you could make your own themes after the fact, or you could adjust your themes. You go, oh, that question really shouldn't be in that theme because look, all the people are that uh, whenever the response comes up, it, it goes with this other group of questions. So you could actually play around with that if you wanted to. Um, yeah, so, and also themes though are very important for another reason because there is a, you know, there, there's been a lot of thought into 
public or into employee surveys in general, uh, especially at the government level, but also any big organization wouldn't just go out and say, oh, let's do a survey. They, they'd actually look for, uh, um, they'd get a model and say, okay, uh, already somebody's thought this through. I'm going to use the same themes in my survey. Uh, so it's, it's really important. If you, you, if you're going to do a, uh, an employee survey, you know, you probably want to make it comprehensive so that it covers all the various areas, you know, be it, uh, you know, ethics, um, uh, staffing, uh, you know, you name it, uh, ethnic treatments and whatnot. So that's all covered under different themes and you'll, you'll want to use, you really want to go out and look and see what themes are generally recommended for surveys when you were setting it up for the various reasons I just gave. I think we've hit it maybe not consecutively, but maybe that's a poor way to put it, but you've talked about various parts of the process. Let's say that there is an organization um, that you wanted to work with or that wanted to work with you on this. What would be the steps to make that happen? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, my uh, uh, input would be at the, the front end. So first of all, what, what I would want to do is talk to them and say, of course, we've just talked about uh, culture, cultural groups. I said, well, what, how do you do, divide up your employees? And, and the first thing is, is this would, we do need a fair number of employees, probably at least about 500, just so we have reasonably sized groups. And so I, I want to know what, I'd like to have 20 groups. So how are you going to divide up your employees into mutually exclusive groups? That would be part of uh, you know, the consultation phase, if you will. And the other thing is, and then I would say, well, okay, what's the objective of what do you want to accomplish here? Of course, I'm thinking in terms of, of auditing always, but you know, it might be just human resources going, well, you know, we're having trouble with our design. You know, it, uh, we seem to be missing some questions and we were having a hard time understanding how they fit together. Uh, then my program, of course, can find the associations between the questions. And also I, I could suggest to them uh, maybe you want to add this theme that would, you know, capture a few more questions that you're not actually asking. So the the first part would be a consultation phase, uh, somewhat like that. Um, and then the next part would be that um, you someone would, add, you know, you'd have to collect your own data. I don't, I'm, I have no setup here. I'm, I'm an individual person. I have some program resources and when I could probably call on them and, you know, auditing people that I know if I really needed help, but um, the, uh, I'm a single person. So collecting the data and that stage would have to be something that was already set up in your organization. And typically an organization of any size these days is already collecting this data. Mm -hmm. So somehow you would need to collect that data from the mutually exclusive groups, uh, uh, and then get it back to me in a, in a format that I could work with. Remember, I only need to look at groups. I don't need to to see what individual responses are but if you went well you know i only have individual responses and i don't really want to see it was jane doe that said this i'd want to have you send me a code that for each different individual a random code of some kind so that i could then work with that without actually uh you know causing any confidentiality problems because surveys need to be kept confidential and then, um, so after that, when when I, I got the data, then I would run run this. And meanwhile, you would be starting to think about, and I'm thinking in terms of, okay, we're going to do an audit here. 
you're going to be thinking about a cultural audit. And so uh, when I, after I'd run my program and we'd have a period of discussion um, about what uh, what groups you need to specifically focus your audit on, what what um, what themes you you might want to focus your audit on, um, and so I would help you set up your your audit plan in that way, if you like, and then then after that you would uh, be into your own audit framework, or you know if you were HR you'd you'd go back and redesign your survey and, and whatnot. I could still provide feedback along those lines if you were you were working on survey redesign. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I envisage um, working with uh, someone who wanted. Uh, help with their their audit or cultural audit or with their survey design and um, uh, you know uh, I'm uh, so far I'm, I'm in the research phase still and uh, I've been publishing a lot of articles about my what I can do and uh, whatnot and um, I'm uh, quite open to just you know working with somebody just to refine this and make it make it uh, work a little better I mean I'm not necessarily making a huge income at least not initially anyway although I'm working actually I've I've um, been consulting with some programmers about how we could make this more readily available sort of a uh, push button way of uh, of uh, you know implementing some of the stuff I just talked about it's not easy though you know it seems like it seems at this stage there's a lot of human intervention needed yeah, it's it's very fascinating and definitely innovative within internal audit and then uh, really HR or um, within an organization in general. <clears throat> it's a very innovative approach. So I know, uh, Phil, people can find you on LinkedIn and I'll add a link to your profile in the show notes. Where else can they learn a little bit more then? Um, well, um, uh, you know, they can always... Uh, send me an email. I, I do have, you know, I'm, I'm an email at plillies at hotmail.com. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I will also be uh, careful. I, 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 whenever I publish something, in fact, I, I've just published something in the government uh, newspaper. Um, it was just published last week uh, about how my program would assist the government of Canada in doing its survey. So, um, unfortunately that is something you, <laughs> you need to subscribe to before you can read it. But if someone wanted the article, of course I could send it to them. Um, I have a, my own copy of it. Um, but, uh, if you are a government of Canada employee, uh, or even a large business that uh, is tracking what the government of Canada is doing. I'm sure you get this newspaper, so you could, you could, you could read the original there. It's online as well. Um, um, yeah. So uh, those are uh, about the ways. I mean, I'm also on Medium, so I published a few articles on Medium as well. So um, yeah, uh, those are kind of the ways you can you can look for me. I mean, if you go Google, you'll probably find me. I've been, uh, you know had an online presence for many years yeah i think the um the articles on medium are fantastic so we'll definitely link those as well as your uh linkedin profile phil thank you very much for coming on um i don't think there's a better expert in the world maybe even on this topic so really really appreciate your time uh, thanks for the flattering comment there and uh yeah that was it's been fun all right phil appreciate it again take care all right, bye.